This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Gloriole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 603, Cecil. Yeah. See, so we are well on our way. We are chugging along into the vulgarity for charity, yeah. modest needs, give till it fucking hurts we are drive. so close at this point to that match. Um, as we record this, we're close to $80,000 That raised. is awesome. Holy um, shit. That's all matched. So, but but gosh, if we leave that 20 on the table, that's essentially leaving 40 on the table. Yeah, that's a mistake. We it's don't want to do It's a lot that. of money on the table. It's a lot of people we can help. So- I want to urge anybody. Here's the thing, too. You got to understand. We're taking people now, right now. We are taking uh, names. Uh, this actually, to be honest, we're recording this early. Yeah. So, but by Monday, we will have recorded two. Vulgarity, Vulgarity for, charities. for Charities. With, at that point, 40 people we have picked already. Yep. This is not the fucking Powerball, guys. Yeah. Like, Right now, your chances are like mm, better yeah. than 50%. Way better. Like, way better. Like seven out of They're 10. Like, yeah. You're almost certainly going to get your roast, and right? And I know that you guys are, well, but if everybody donates now, what are you going to knock it down to one out of five? Yeah. Like, it's a fucking coin flip. It's, so, it's, and, and there's, there's good, there's good, good chance you're going to get picked. But then also, there's people out there right now who don't want to roast. Right. And if you don't want to roast, tell us that. And we mention you on the show. We say, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. But so, it doesn't count. It's like it, I pulled it out of the yeah. hat and they don't want to roast. And I'm just going to sit on my ass yeah. and not do a roast. No, we, we 100% will mention you. And right. then we'll also. So if you don't want to roast, donate. And then just say you don't want to roast. Chances are we're going to we're going to shout you out on, on one of these programs. So please, 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 let's not leave this 40 grand on the table. It's a lot of money. It's Man, a lot of money. You know, think of it. Here's another way to think of it. Modest needs, the average gift for modest needs that gets people out of, out of the dire circumstances they're in. When we talked to Keith, he said the average gift is about $700. Yeah. It's 57 families. Yeah. Let's not leave 57 families hanging in the fucking wind. 57 families. 57 families, $40,000. You could, I mean, you can change the lives or be a part of changing the lives of 57 families, man. I, and it, it, it's not one person, right? You know, I think about times in my life that I have needed help or have been lucky enough to have received help. And it's not like I'm the only one that was the beneficiary right, of that help. Right. It has downstream effects Absolutely. on the people that I'm attached to yeah. and that are attached to me. And that, you know, I have obligations to that I can meet because of that. So it's not 57 people. It's 57 families and all of the people that are attached to those families yeah. and that rely on those families, be a part of fixing that. Be yeah. a part of helping those people. So if the 40,000 number is too big for you to connect with, 
break it down. That's 57 families. Yeah that you can be a part of helping. Absolutely. I remember when I was a kid and my dad lost his job. My mom didn't have a job. We were on public assistance. We were living off paper routes and it was really difficult. And I remember my dad's buddy from, you know, he's known him for years, came over and he told my dad, you owe me money for a car. And my dad said, I, I can't pay you for a car. What are you talking about? And the guy said, you owe me $1. And he made my dad pay him a single dollar and he, and he sold him his old car for a dollar. And that car got my dad a job and that got us out of out of debt, like out of poverty. Yeah. We had lost our house. We had lost everything. We had lost all both our cars. They've been both been repossessed. My, my dad lost his job during Reagan era and it like wiped us out. Right. But that guy coming by and giving my dad a car for a dollar saved my family, changed the whole course of where my family went from that point on. So, you know, all it takes is, and it was an old beater. You know what right. I mean? Essentially, that guy gave $700. That <clears throat> right, guy gave right. somebody $700. And he, and he changed an entire family's life. And so you can do that just by donating a little bit of money. A little bit, a little bit of extra money can help change somebody's life. So please go to modestneeds.org, donate. Anybody who donates $50 or more, send your proof to vulgarity for charity. That's the word, not the number. So it's F-O-R, all one word, vulgarity for charity, at gmail.com. Include your receipt, who you want roasted, picture if it's somebody obscure or like your best friend or your cousin or whatever, and then tell us why you want them roasted. And we will be drawing these names off an Excel sheet. And, and you know, the, the highest donors, if you have a chunk of change you want it, the highest donors one. are going to get one. So the highest hundred. And the highest hundred right now, I, like we said, there's not a lot of people. So the highest hundred, that number is not, it's not unobtainable. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's not like to be in that highest hundred, you got to like, you know, donate from a foundation, yeah. right? It's you not have to give a you don't have to give a kidney, guys. Right? Yeah, it's, it's not that yeah, bad. It's 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 a it's it's well within the means of someone who has enough money to give. You should be okay. We want to encourage people to give specifically to this. It's it's an important thing that we do every year. Sometimes it takes two years to do. Um, but every year we try to do it and it's important because the people need your help. So please, modestneeds.org, please donate. I got some really good stuff for you. What is that? It's lentils. What's a lentil? I have some lentils for you. I said, what is a lentil? I can lend you some lentils. I don't want any lentils. So see, so this story comes from The Guardian. This story is, this story is this is like the fucking times, man. In one story, this is everything about the fucking world we're living in right now. Detox routines won't undo COVID vaccine, experts tell anti-vaxxers. Ixnay, Ixnay. If, <laughs> if they fucking think it will and it's not going to hurt them, like yeah. if it's just like a drinking like a teaspoon of fucking lemongrass soup or okay. something. I'm glad you're going down this care. road. Yes. Yeah. I don't care. Tell them. Actually, you guys out there, amplify this message. Thank right? you. Amplify it. Tell all your fucking weird uncle and your, your terrible in-laws. Tell them to share this and say, no, you know what? You can 100% counteract the vaccine. All you have to do is get into a bath and dump in two or three tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. But whatever. It'll suck, it'll suck the fucking vaccine right out of you. Like a, like a fucking pro. It'll suck I, it right out of you. Boom. Yeah. I Here's, I, whoever you're talking to, here's what I think. Find their brand of crazy <laughs> and leverage <laughs> and it. just leverage right? it. Leverage so like, it. maybe they're an Instagram witch, yeah. you know? And you're yeah. like, 
Listen, I know you don't want to get the vaccine, but you also don't want to lose your job. But here's the thing. I just found out that you can arrange a fucking rose quartz crystal next to a fucking some other kind of crystal I can't <laughs> think of off the top of my head. Any- a geode by an amethyst. And you can spin them around three times and say, and then it'll get rid of the vaccine. Fine. Fine. That's my new spell. <laughs> I'm fucking doing that tomorrow. And if you're like, if your brand of crazy, if your brand of is, crazy is homeopathy, right? Then be like, you know what? Homeopathy done. sucks it right out. Oh, of you. pulls the <laughs> nanoparticles exactly. Blazow. All you have to do, all you have to do, is take one little homeopathy of onions or whatever right. weird shit they it's make just, you do, and you are hundred yes. percent. There's the vaccine has no side effects. Everything. You. If it if you're like some fucking jade egg person, fine. The jade egg soaks up like right out of your fucking pussy. It just this, soaks up all the point, fucking Tom. Bill Gateses or whatever. <laughs> they like pull it out. It's just full of microchips. No, but seriously, I like, don't even care. I don't care either. Like at this point, there's no pushing some people. There's no moving some people. So like, you're right. Let's just leverage their nuttiness. Yeah. Let's just leverage that and be like, great. You know what? You're never going to listen to us. Cool. Here's the thing. You can get rid of it. All you have to do is get a vaccine because you know what? It's going to save people's lives. It is. It's going to save people's lives. And you know what? There's people out there leveraging these people's crazy to make money. Instead, you're leveraging these people's like unhingedness to save other lives. Yep. And I think that that's- And to save theirs, you and, fucking yeah, big numbskulls. So you're right to yeah. save their lives, to save the people around them. You know, the thing is, and, and I, you know, of course, nobody's ever going to do this. I get it. I understand. We, 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 I think, I'm going to do this. I think our side cherishes the truth way too much to do this. You I, think too much of me. I'm going to do this tomorrow to somebody. <laughs> I want to There's know. a woman I work with that I don't want her to get sick. I'm thinking in my head while you're talking like- What can I do? What, what, what would can move I do? this yeah. nut? But the thing is, is there's got to be these memes out there. And even, you know, like the thing is, you can might even be able to make them where you could just make, you know how you get, you know, I know a lot of people have to get the COVID vaccine, but here's a great way to detox directly afterwards and, right. and make it something super innocuous, right? So it's like, like I said, like a teaspoon of vinegar in the bath. Chinese foot patches. Who cares? Yeah, Chinese foot Fine. patches. Yeah. Right. Maybe then they get into Chinese foot patches. But they're alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they they're, don't, they're not dealing with the long-term effects of COVID. They're right. They're hurting people around them that are immunocompromised. They're not doing all the things that we want to stop. Right. Man, I, for real. All right. This, thing, But you know what people are doing, though? Yeah. They're taking baths. So here's what they believe. Yeah. I just got to read parts the, Here's the thing. The, the thing with this article, though, is that some of the stuff is dangerous. And I, I'm saying yeah, I'm saying not do the things that are dangerous. Yes. yes. Do the things that are like, like I said, like something that is so innocuous, it's not going to hurt anybody. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't. This is. All right. So in a TikTok video, it's received hundreds of thousands of views. Karim Monage, an osteopath based in Georgia, falsely claims that a bath containing baking soda, no problem. Okay. Epsom salts, that's nice. Sore muscles. A, Keeps the water warmer longer. Feel, yeah, yeah, that's good. And the cleaning agent, Borax. Okay. Borax, not so much. Will detox the vax from anyone who's received a jab. Now, I, that's obviously complete and utter nonsense because that is not how any part of your body works. Think of any part of your body. No part of your body works like that. Right. Right. You can't, you cannot inject something that has systemic effects on the immune system and then expect that some ointment on your skin, (laughs) regardless of what the tincture or potion is made of, will suddenly be like, oh, I got to stop having an immune reaction to the fucking, what the fuck? They have, 
I remember years ago. What the fuck? I remember years ago, you and I were talking <clears throat> and I had, it had never occurred to me, right? Because like, I just didn't think about it. And I'm kind of a dumb person anyway. So of course it wouldn't <laughs> occur to me. But I remember talking to you about <laughs> someone who had told us that you could take apple cider vinegar and it and it works on your joints. It makes on your arthritis. joints, it makes your arthritis. It basically goes in and, and makes it so the, the places that you're on your body that are arthritic, they're covered in sort of calcium and that sort of dissolves the calcium. And I remember, I remember being like, I just think that's bullshit. But I didn't know why it was bullshit. Right. But my brain was like, that just sounds fucking stupid. It doesn't <laughs> sound like it works. And your comment was, you don't just flip open your head and pour in <laughs> apple cider vinegar and it's like yum 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 and it like decide, like <laughs> travels through your body like scrubbing bubbles <laughs> like it has to go through your digestive system and your digestive system will change it, it has and to, use it and pass it and, and filter it and the other thing too is like your digestive system's acid is way more potent than yep. any apple cider vinegar vinaigrette you could ever possibly yep. make it's way more potent than that but the thing is is like your stomach it goes in your stomach and then your body's just like cool we fix that. It's not a thing anymore. And then it just digests what it can of the thing. And then it takes the things that it, but like the idea that apple cider vinegar could just like, like scrubbing bubbles. It's yeah, right, fucking right. doesn't, it, that's not how it works. And that's what they're thinking here is that they will just put a thing on yep. and then all of the toxins or whatever in your body, just like that. It's just foot patches. It is. It's, it's essentially foot, foot patches, patches, bro. That's all yep. it is. Yep. Yeah. This is my favorite line though. I want to yes. read this. Yep. Yep. I want to read the end. It says, I think it's actually a good sign of, that these how to undo your vaccine videos are taking off, the doctor said. It suggests that a lot of these people who previously were saying vaccines are terrible, I'll never do it, are actually yes. doing it. And it's yep. true. And it's and that's this is another way too. You know, we were talking earlier to, before we started recording, we we're talking about how people dig their heels in when they when they're and it was especially we we're talking about ivermectin yep. and how it's so hard to change people's minds about ivermectin because they're just so dug in at this point, even though there's never been anything that's come out about ivermectin to make it seem like it's a thing that works on anything, people will still dig their heels in about it because they don't want to be wrong. This allows people to not be wrong. Yes, I know it's it gives a, them an out. It's a get out card, man. Yeah. We should we really should. I, I'm I'm actually not kidding like if you've got somebody in your life and it's a choice between they take a fucking bath full of epsom salts you know i don't not the borax but like if you can convince them to take a bath and get the vaccine i will fucking bring the mr bubble i am reminded cecil i am reminded of the people that think you can undo an abortion do you remember those stories you know refresh my memory because i don't there there are there are people that think that you can undo an abortion if you do it fast enough not like a dnc but like the uh oh i remember the, this like the counteract more, counteract the drug that's gonna right. make you flush right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the after pill right I would and it, it's not a thing like it is that is not a thing but there are but it makes a group of people that believe you can undo what can be done it it, it alleviates their guilt right that's yes. what it does yes. yeah and so i I'm I'm wondering if like that same group of people that wants to believe that what's done can be undone, if this kind of thinking yeah. doesn't appeal to them. Shame on you. Shame on you. Because as you probably don't know, I am a nurse. And vaccines, let me tell you something about vaccines. Vaccines are not what they're cracked up to be. And if you click on this website, it'll tell you exactly what's really going on in the deep state. Because I have a feeling that you guys taking the time to educate yourself on this issue. It makes you look really dumb. No offense. No offense. Really loved your comedy, but I have to thoroughly say 
Naaman following you. Really, really detrimental to those who actually know the truth. Okay? This story also from The Guardian. Chakras, crystals, and conspiracy theories. How the wellness industry turned its back on COVID science. Um, and we've talked around this topic a number of times. You yeah. Know, we've talked around this a number of times. And I I grabbed this article because um, the headline, I think, is actually kind of misleading in what it presupposes. And that's actually the piece that I wanted to talk about. Um the wellness industry has always turned its back on science. It's, it's, it's not like they have a great track record. Right. Yeah. The, the wellness industry has never been rooted in science. Right. There should be nothing surprising in any way that the wellness industry, I, I will say this, Cecil, I, my, my wife and I were looking just this evening at, uh, we're looking at like a concierge doctor service, right? So we're looking at these different doctor services and we're looking at these websites and there's a handful of them, and they use the word wellness. And in my mind, I hear that word as a buzzword for bullshit. Yeah. I do. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. And But I, I immediately associate wellness with just sure. nonsense, man. Sure. It's fucking nonsense. And the, the wellness industry has everything to gain from abandoning science and using its own methodologies and marketing to sell solutions. Yeah. Because that's what they've been doing this whole time, man. Sure. I wonder if the wellness part that you're just talking about, I wonder if they're talking about the amount of time a doctor spends with you. Because when you go to a chiropractor, you go to a, yeah. you know, you go to one of these alternative medicine people, you know, massage, you know, you name it. There's this environment of care. Yes. That they exude, and what they do is they make it they make it comfortable. They make it feel like you know you're a welcome person. They spend a lot of time with you. Whereas you go to a regular doctor, and you might see the actual doctor for for a short amount of time. The thing is, is like the doctor comes in and out of the room. The doctor moves in and out. Right. But in one of these places where you can talk to a chiropractor for an hour. Suddenly it feels like they really do care about what, so I wonder if that's the wellness thing that they're trying to tap into, that they still do regular science and regular yeah. medicine. And I hope so, because that's a big part of what's missing. Yeah. That's a big part of the, um, th that is an important element yeah. <clears throat> in care. And it's not just because it's comforting, but because having some context around who a patient is gives you insight into the ways that they have changed over time, right? So if somebody comes in and they've only ever spent three minutes with you four times over two years, they have no idea. Every visit's a brand yeah, new visit. Yeah. You're, you know what I mean? You're, yeah, it's a no. brand new and car in the showroom every people. time. There's right. too many people to remember. I yeah. don't care who you are. Right. And I, so I, I recognize that that word wellness might not be fair when it's applied yeah, to it like an not. MD. But, and it, I, but it also probably flips a switch in it you. It does. You know, the other thing about the wellness industry, which which, you know, really kind of sickens me, is that there's there's so much of the wellness industry that is blaming the victim. They make it seem like you didn't have the right thing beforehand and that's what's making you sick now. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's that blaming of the victim, um, blaming them for not, you know, it, it, they basically make it seem like you need to make your body well and it's a constant thing that you have to do. And when you fail to do that, that's when you get sick. And it's just to sell you shit. I yeah. mean, that's all it's for. It's it, it's so that they can keep on bilking you. 
That's why, you know, like it's not, you're not just coming to them when you're sick. You're coming to them all the time because yeah, they want to make yeah. sure you're well. It's a maintenance. Man. Yeah, thing. maintenance. The, the wellness industry has somehow forgotten that the bulk of all people that have ever lived have not had access to their care. Right, exactly. Right? And still somehow they managed to achieve and maintain homeostasis for the bulk of, their, bulk lives, of their lives, right? right. So, but they do, they do a very nice job of trying to sell you this idea that, oh, you, you know, you got to get in, you got to get a you know, regular whatever. Regular adjustments a, if you're a chiropractor, yeah. or a regular yeah. acupuncture if oh, you're an yeah, acupuncturist. But they're going to do that sort of thing because they, they want to get you on a schedule so that they can keep on making sure that you're a returning customer. Right. They could turn a sick person into a returning customer for years. Well, that's the thing. It's like, if, if, if they were taking you from sick to well and then saying, thank you and go about your merry day. Yeah. Then, okay, you know, fine. But these motherfuckers that take you from, whether they take you from sick to well or not, but they they yeah. take a well person and they convince a well person that you will not yeah. stay well sure. unless you keep writing me fucking checks. Yeah. And you're like, anytime I hear that, it's like, how did I get here? Well, what's crazy too is that like literally the argument against most medicine is follow the money. Most know, medicine out there is like, look at what they do. They try to get you in there. And, and, and you're just like, yeah, but that's literally all Altmed. What you're describing to me is what Altmed does. Exactly. There, there is, I'm not saying that that's not even true. Like that there is not some grift in all things business, right? Yeah. So like, I do believe that there is sometimes some grift. I mean, we covered the the uh, Sackler, the Purdue sure, Pharma. Thing. Absolutely. Huge amount of grift. So to 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 not believe that there is occasionally bad actors and grift on the on the modern Western medicine side is is to that's foolhardy. not be true. Right? That's yeah. foolhardy. But yeah, it, it's not like there's not a hundred percent grift. Yeah, in many of these the other side. Yeah, because like there's no medicine behind any of it. Yeah, there's nothing that backs it up. Right. behind a lot of it. Stop! What exactly are you trying to say here? Mother, allow me to elucidate. We've raised myriad issues here today. Censorship, mm. parenting, mm, yeah. making gross noises with one's armpit. Mm -hmm. But the nub of the argument is thus. Video games are shouldering the burden of a deeper problem. There's not the material that's to blame, but how parents teach their children to respond to it. My gosh, Billy, you're right. Books can be as dangerous as video games. There's only one reasonable thing to do. Become better parents and look after our children in a sensible way. No. I thought this was a great story. This is from the Daily Beast. Chicago students call BS on parents' book banning crusade. So uh, this is this is some more of that fucking insanity where people are now worried that there might be, in this case, four or five copies of a book in a library with 5,000 students that have access to that library. And that book is... Uh, gender queer, a coming of age book about gender identity. They want it pulled. These fucking CRT type nuts, you yeah. know. The, and these like, are the people who anti CRT. Are just, they, they can't stop. They can't. They can't stop themselves from trying to dig in and like sort of like they want to take away history that that they don't agree that they think that the children aren't ready for. Right. Yeah. So like when it talks to CRT, they about never CRT, want them to be ready. They for don't it, want them to be ready for it. They don't want to talk about anything when it comes to sexuality or anything. I want to read a part of this because it's fucking crazy. Yeah. A guy says, this is Terry Newsom. A father has two kids in, in, at this place. And it's Downers Grove uh, is yeah. where it's at. It's near Chicago. Yeah. 
said that the issue with the book <laughs> is that it's, quote, liberal code for teaching children how to perform oral sex, anal sex, wear strap-on dildos. These graphic images are totally unacceptable regardless of the gender or sexuality, end quote. Okay, are strap-on dildos exceptionally complicated? Do you need a whole book to show you how to wear a strap-on dildo, Tom? Brother, I was it's, gonna, yeah. It's straps, man. Yeah, yeah, right? It's like, it's it's not a complicated pulley system. This is a harness yeah. <laughs> with an arrow pointing out. Are you fucking kidding me? Look, nobody, I nobody that you know has read a book and that's how they learn to blow somebody, yeah, right. right? Nobody that you know read a book and that's how they learn to go down on someone. You don't need a fucking book to figure out how to fuck. No. People have been fucking. People who cannot read and write, they fuck all the time. Yeah. Dogs fuck each other. Yeah. Like, you don't, fucking is the easiest thing your body does. When you are a teenager, you're basically, a teenage boy is walking around thrusting all the time. Yeah. You're basically, you're not even walking. As a 15-year-old as a boy, I was propelled exclusively by hip thrusts yeah. for but like six years my after pelvis that. pelvis led me around. Right. And just like, I was like, I was like Pappy Le Pew in those <laughs> fucking old cartoons where he's floating, except for it was my dick that right. was floating through just, the air. Are you kidding? Oh They're going to learn how to perform oral sex. No, nobody is going to need to learn. Also, are you banning phones? Yeah, man. You know, these yeah, motherfucking man. liars. Like, let's call this shit for what it is. These motherfucking liars, I guarantee I'll walk up to nine out of ten of them and their kids are going to have fucking cell phones in their hands. Cell phones with the internet. Yeppers. And you're worried about four books in a library. You're not yeah. worried about that. It was always bullshit. Yeah. What you're worried about is the fact that some people are different and that scares you. Yeah, and that's 100% it. The thing is, is that there's a there's these people constantly talk too about how it's going to convert their children. And I'm just like, you can't teach somebody to be gay. I know, you man. Can't just, I know. I, you don't just read a book and then you're suddenly gay. That's not how it works, man. It's just not how it works. Do you just, like, there's never been a moment in my life that I was like, I don't know that I like girls. Like, right. there's never been that moment in my life. That's how sexuality works. Mm -hmm. You just, you just, your brain is just like, no, man, that's good. Like, right. That's the good stuff right there. Yeah. That's the stuff. So no matter what books you take out of any place, anywhere, it's not going to change. You know what? Before the printing press, there were gay people. Well, let, let me, let me offer an, another analogy. See, so what is your most hated food? Most hated food. A food that just doesn't appeal to you I, at all. You know what? I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I hate sushi. Okay. I hate it. Could you read a book that would make you want to have sushi? Probably. Could you look at a magazine uh, full of sushi? Uh, I mean, uh, no. I could. No. I could look at it, but I wouldn't. Like, but it wouldn't I make wouldn't you hungry for sushi. If I had, if I had a sushi menu in front of me right now, oh, yeah. and I open up a sushi menu, I would want right? to. I would want to get whatever's not sushi right. on that menu. Well, what about if I was rolling sushi in front of you? Would you like? I'm making it right in front of you. I would. I'd be like, oh man, I got to dip my face. No, I wouldn't want. Yeah, it. no, I would look because that's not else. how desiring things yeah, work. Right. That's not how our taste right. for things works. Like the I. I don't like. I will use the example from Joe. I hate eggnog. I wanted to like eggnog. You and I, you came to my house. We put it on video. We did We made two. it from scratch. We, made it, we, we tried regular eggnog and then we made eggnog from scratch. We didn't like it either way. And I will say that if I'm going to like a food, I will be much more prone to liking something if I can appreciate it and appreciate the process of right. it. And so I did all the things that I would normally do to really be open-minded and appreciate something. I took one fucking sip of that stuff and yeah. I hate it. I sucked one dick and I hate right. it. <laughs> 
I gave it a college try. I was like three. You know, you really got to know. We really, we, uh, we, we, just, we, <laughs> we, we jerked off a couple elves that day. <laughs> Found out we didn't like it. No, but you're absolutely right. That's not how desiring. Right. Works. It's just not how it works. And it's, it's bit, you know, the thing is, is like they think that there's some book that these, that, and the problem is, is what they don't want to do is they don't want to think they, they, if, if, if the books aren't to blame, then they think their parenting is to blame. And right, you're like, yeah. nothing is to blame. Yeah. There's no blame. Just decide first off, that there's not no, wrong. First off, there's, it's not wrong. Think, right. of, think of it as not wrong, but also there's no one to blame. Don't think about it as a blame thing. Right. And that will change your whole experience with the whole thing. It's just like, but there is just, there is just a group of people out there. And this is Chicago. This is yeah. a, this, this is, is Downers Grove, This is Downers man. Grove. Yeah. This is a wealthy yeah. area of Chicago, like a, a suburb that should have more people in it. I think that would be blue rather than red. Yeah. And, this is an educated group of people. And they by, are, by they are very upset by this book. They don't want to see anybody grab this. And this book seems very innocuous. It does. And the reason I call this a good story is because the students are like, fuck that noise. We're not yeah. putting up with it. Yeah, exactly. The parents are making noise, but the students, 200 students yeah. got together and they're like, good. no, Fuck that noise. Good. You can't tell us what to do, what to read, and who to be. Yeah. Good for those kids. I'm, I'm about to get racist. Nah, I'm racist. It's okay, guys. I'm just kidding. I'm even more racist now. Nah, I'm way beyond racist. I'm 100 times racist now. I've done it. I've reached all for racist. This story is fucking crazy, man. I had no idea. This story is from Slate. Judges keep accepting nonsensical reasons to exclude black people from juries. I don't like his beard. <laughs> I'm literally, not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. A, yeah. I'm not even kidding. I wish I was kidding. I'm not kidding. So, um, you know, the in the in the murder of Ahmaud uh, Arbrahim, it's the, that jury what is it, was the McMichael? Or, well, hold on a second. Yeah, it's, it's McMichael, Travis, Mc, uh, Gregory McMichael, Travis McMichael, and... William Roddy Bryan. So in the Bryan. McMichael trial, McMichael Bryan trial is right. what it is. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they were seating the jury and that jury has got one person of color. And it's, they come from an area where there's 30%. It's a 30% black right. area. So you got a, a jury of 12 people and you should have four. Yeah. You know, four, right, they're about three, four. Yeah. You know, and you've got one. Yeah. And how does that happen? Well, it happens because although it is illegal to uh, kick a juror out of the jury pool for their race, you can kick them out for any reason that's not race. And they do it before there's actually like, they do it like in, an, in, an, in a time when there's like a selection process early where they can just like, he, they said that they, they kicked out of this particular jury eight out of nine. Eight out of nine eight people of color. Eight out of nine people of color. It's, and it's, it's even worse than that because- the judge said, this looks discriminatory. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do about it because the actions that led to the discriminatory result were not individually identifiable through this system as yeah. discriminatory. Yep. Yep. So the preemptory challenge, and, I, and, and there may be some law talkers that'll know this better than I do. I just read the Slate article, but it sounds like the preemptory challenge is rather arbitrary. Yeah. Unless, it's sort of like firing somebody, right? Like, I can call anybody into my office. In and Illinois. Fire them. In, in Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. yeah. And, and most states that have a right-to-work state. So, in, in, in Illinois, I can call anybody in my office and I can let them go. And as long as I didn't let them go because of race, color, religion, national origin, sex, marital status, age, or handicap. So, I can just let you go because I decided to. Yeah. And the reason could be 
See, so I've decided to let you go today because I don't need you anymore. Yeah. And that's all the answer I have to give. Yeah. And it could be in the back of my mind because you're white or yeah. because you're black or yeah. because you're handicapped. But as long as I don't tell you yeah. that that's the reason. Sure. If I just state a different reason, yeah. the preemptory challenge sounds like the same thing, yeah. man. And like the result, the judge is like, well, this is discriminatory. Oh, well. Oh, no. Oh, well. I guess I'm just the fucking judge. Yeah, it's you're in a position now in this country where that if that's the case, you know, like we were talking about before, you know, if we keep on with this, this type of environment where the privileged keep getting away with things yeah. over and over and over again, you're setting the table for something very, very explosive. Because there's going to be a point where things break down if you keep on having these blatant displays of disgusting displays of, of damage to, uh, you know, a vulnerable community. Yep. And there's no retribution. There's nothing there. There's no, there's no punishment. There's nothing. You're going to, it, it can't keep happening over and over and over again. It can't. There's going to, especially nowadays with the way things are the way the way news works and the way we're constantly bombarded by these yep. images there's no way you're going to be able to you're going to be able to keep the lid on this for too long and this is a this is one of these cases where you know this guy's just running around this guy's just jogging and, and they they drive up and they they shoot they fucking him. murder this and man. then they uh, and they had like a dixie fucking license plate and they're you know they're fucking these yeah. are old boys this is a modern day lynching there's 100%. That's it. And they got away with it for a while, yep. a couple months or something like that. They would, had gotten away with it until finally somebody did something about it. But this is, this is one of these moments where, you know, there should be more people of color on that jury because guaranteed, if you're the one person on that jury who says, no, they're guilty. And the rest of them are all like, no, they're fine. Come on. They're just, you know, they're just, they, they were mistaken or whatever. You have a much better chance of at least standing if someone's standing with you, yeah, and not falling to the you know the the way of the crowd in that jury. You know, well, and I don't know state by state how it works, but you know, in, in some states you don't have to have a unanimous verdict. So there are some states that don't require a unanimous wow. verdict. So if you're saying no, I think this person's guilty, and the ele other eleven are like, no. Nah. Not guilty. There are many, not many. I don't know the number, but there are wow. states where unanimous. I always thought it. Is not. I always thought it had to be unanimous. I no, there are okay. states. Yeah, I, I, just, I just found out about this relatively recently. Man, I don't remember the number of them, but there are states where it's not required to be unanimous. Huh, I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. which is fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's. Wow. A, I don't think it's a strict plurality, but like, I, and it varies. Huh. So interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, this is one of those cases, though, and this is a long article. It talks a lot about this, um, this practice of dismissing jurors and it clearly, you know, like when you just start looking at this over time and you're looking at how how these jurors are getting dismissed, you're just like, no, that seems discriminatory. But the rules that got put in place didn't seem discriminatory when they were put in place. Right. And now they're, now they're canon, you know well, what I mean? And they even teach classes yeah. on how to like use your preemptory challenge to seat the jury that you want yeah. in ways that won't call to attention your real motives. Jesus Christ. They teach classes on how to have a racist jury. That's what that is. It's fucking psycho, man. It's fucking nuts. Do you think the moon is inhabited? I don't think the moon exists, frankly. You know, how, how does it stay up in, in the sky? You know, wouldn't it just fall down? How does the sun, is the sun real? Perhaps. Well, Cecil, I'm just going to read this one. Okay, 
I really like New Zealand though. Like, I know, I really man. I enjoyed it. Like I yep. had I had such a great time there. The people there were lovely. You said it was a beautiful uh, country. It was so beautiful. I would move there in a second if they would have me. It was so gorgeous. I went to the southern the southern island, the Queensland. I think it's Queenstown is what it's called. Gorgeous down there. I went to Milford Sound and oh, it's just such a beautiful trip. I loved it so much. And the people there were wonderful. What the fuck is happening, New Zealand? Virus, man. This QAnon shit is a goddamn virus. Unbelievable. Buddy. New Zealand QAnon fans believe Trump secretly arrested their prime minister two years ago. So there's a video. I can't play it because it's just like it's a fucking crowd and you can't hear anybody. And there's no directional mic. So it's getting the whole of everybody. And so they're very difficult to hear. But I want to point out, these are these are protesters. These are protesters in New Zealand. New Zealand with American flags and, and Trump flag. American flag, and then they have Trump 2020 flags. Keep America great. Like, I don't understand what's happening. They think that their prime minister, in this conversation, they think their prime minister came to the United States a couple years ago and then got an ankle bracelet and got arrested and then went back to go be prime minister. They, we've heard this narrative before. Do you remember... Is it like, I'm trying to remember who else they said was a re- John McCain. John, John McCain, McCain was secretly kept, arrested. They kept showing, like, they do, like, circles of his leg. Yeah, his pant leg or whatever. Yeah. And then Hillary Clinton was secretly arrested. Secretly arrested yeah. as well. Like, why the fuck do you secretly arrest people and then turn them loose? It's like tagging wildlife in a nature like, documentary. Seriously, 100%. What? It's so crazy. What? Wait, I, I would love to be arrested and say, if I have to, if I commit a crime and they arrest me in such a way that all they do is give me a fucking bracelet and then I get to do everything that I want to do. And you're doing the things, Tom, that the things that they're accusing these people of are like killing children and trafficking children. Right. And then they're just like, okay, but you got to wear an ankle bracelet and then go back to your job as prime minister. Yeah, you got to be in super duper charge of big important but stuff. But you are also an secretly arrested. Right. So I just want you to recognize you're secretly arrested. You can just go out and I guess just still traffic children. Yeah, I have I a secret 10 inch dick too, right? <laughs> like get the fuck out of here. Well, shit, if it's a secret, <laughs> it's 14 inches. Are you kidding me? Oh, the uh, secret has to be believable. Yeah, okay, Cecil. yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's four inches. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like this is one of those moments that you watch people. First off, I always just assume somebody outside of the United States is probably smarter. I just automatically assume that whenever yeah, I, I just, do too, I just when I go to another country, I was just like, these people are probably a lot smarter than most people. Maybe even me. I always, whenever I walk around these countries, different countries, but you know, you go to New Zealand and you think, okay, there's gotta be some smartest whip folks there, but there's just a group of people over there waving Trump flags, thinking somebody got secret arrested and they're still trafficking humans, I little know, babies. Man. Like I just, I can't, uh, I don't know how these people, this is like, this is a hundred percent copium, right? They're just trying to yeah. figure out a way yeah. that these bad people who they hate and who they've accused of hideous things are somehow being punished, but nobody knows about it. Yeah. Secret, secret probation, secret double pl- probation. It's the only way That's that they can on. get by. It's right. the only way that these people's minds can continue. Cause if not, they've got to keep being confronted with the fact that none of the things they say come true. Right. Yeah. Which at some point, doesn't the clock begin to run out on your crazy? Right. And I'm a little astonished that as we close in on 2022, the crazy has not run out in ways that are, I think, time sensitive. Right. They're like, 
There are time-sensitive events which your narrative means had to have happened and then they don't happen, but you're all Harold camping yourself. Yeah. They're all Harold camping themselves. It's insane. And and like, like time after time after time, every one of these people that we cover has to walk back these act, these things that they said are going to happen. Oh, I've been reading Q and there's going to be all these massive arrests. Look at these people are still downtown. I I write a story this week. Those people are still down in Dallas. They're still hundred, a hundred waiting for Kennedy. Still waiting for John John. <laughs> they're still, waiting. They're still the, I don't know if they're intense. I don't know. It's, <laughs> they're still there, man. Are you I'm serious? Serious, dude. Oh, hold on. Let's find a story and talk about it. Oh, right that's now. so let's good. Right now. Let's look that's right now. so delicious. Oh, oh that is on. amazing. Still waiting on the grassy knoll. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Gizmodo, two weeks later, QAnon <laughs> supporters are still awaiting JFK Jr.'s return at the grassy knoll. Oh, I got, oh. Why don't you just read this? We should read it. One might think that after waiting around Dallas, Texas for weeks, for expecting weeks. weeks. What do you have a job? Thank you. What are you doing, man? man? Just this guy, how weeks. Do you, how do you have weeks? Did you just like save up your vacation for John John's return? <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah, boss. I'm not going to be able to come back to work. I'm waiting for, you know, it's a whole thing. I'll just, I'll <laughs> tell you what I, tell, I, I don't want to yeah. say. I don't want to say. To emerge and give a surprise speech restoring Donald Trump to the presidency, one would simply conclude that JFK Jr. is dead, and he's not going to do that. That is not the case for QAnon supporters. For the uninitiated, QAnon is less a coherent set of beliefs than an amalgamation of bigots, rubes, and hardcore evangelical Christians convinced that Trump is secretly waging a global war against a democratic Hollywood camarilla of satanic Jesus, pedophiles. What the fuck is happening? Uh, like... When they put it that concise, <laughs> it's like, Tom, when they say, with that paragraph so yeah. concise is like a pistol in my mouth. I know, man. It is like a pistol in my, I read that and I'm just like, what the fuck, man? That is the most concise, depressing paragraph I've ever heard read yeah. in my entire life. About a third of America believes some element of that. Good Lord. Uh, earlier this month, hundreds of devotees of the arcane conspiracy theory showed up at Dealey Plaza in Dallas, which I think it's Daily Plaza in Dallas, which contains the grassy knoll near where President John F. Kennedy was shot and killed in 1963. There they waited for John F. Kennedy Jr., who they believed faked his death with his spouse and sister-in-law in a 1999 sure. plane crash to avoid being assassinated by the evil cabal. Okay. The story goes, the Kennedys then waited for their moment to return and do something. <laughs> Depending on which QAnon person you asked, you might hear that JFK Jr. would return to run as Trump's vice presidential candidate in 2024, oh, okay. yeah. or that he would be making an appearance alongside his also dead dad to proclaim Trump the king of kings. How old would, would JFK Sr. be right now? Let's just let's just look that up. They're saying he's alive too? I'm sorry. He's born in 1970, 104. Four-year-old man. I don't think so. <laughs> he's 104? I don't think so. I don't think so. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that nonsense. I don't nonsense. think so. I Jesus, don't think so. What? Yeah. JFK Jr., who feels rather pointless to continue pointing out his dead, remains so. That apparently hasn't deterred the QAnon types from returning. According to Daily Beast reporter Will Sommer, who observed a crowd of hundreds of QAnon supporters returning to the plaza on Monday night. I'm a hundreds, Seriously, hundreds, man. Dude, they came back. They came back. They yeah, were so, it's still going to happen. So, so this is another moment where they're just like, something doesn't happen. God, someone go down there and dress like John, John please. <laughs> please. 
please dress like John John and come out. This I is just, like 100% oh, that, be that needs so to good. happen. God, that needs we to happen. We should do it. What does he look like? God, I don't know. What, pull him up. Can okay. I pass for him? Yeah. What does he look no. like? Let's go to Dallas. No. Really? We, there's got to be somebody. Let's see. Let's, uh, let's, let's see. F. Kennedy. I mean, yeah, but he I, maybe because he's been in hiding for a long time. Maybe he put on weight. Mm. All right. I don't know, man. I don't think so. Tell oh, he's me. real handsome. He's a real handsome guy. Maybe he uh, got ugly uh, somehow. Maybe, maybe he got ugly and short. I don't think that happened. Okay. We had to, you're looking at a picture of his face. You have no idea if he's short, Cecil. Okay. You're right. There could be no, handsome, right. short no, people. You're right, Tom. You're right. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Look up how tall he is. <laughs> I look a lot like that. Do you? No, no, he's real handsome. He's a real handsome guy. Yeah, I don't look like that. Admittedly, he's yeah. a very handsome fella. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah, I don't know anybody who looks like him. I don't either. know anybody who looks like him I don't either. Know anybody. Damn so, it. All right, guys, if okay, you look guys, like John F. Kennedy guys, Jr., but you don't have to look like him back no, from 1963. Look, look at 20 years. No, but, but he didn't die in 63. This is, I'm talking about, this is John F. Kennedy oh, Jr. I'm sorry. So 99 yeah. is when he died. Okay, yeah, right. So, so it's all still, you have to do is be a 20 year, 20 years later, JFK. Maybe Jr. it's been a rough 20, man. Could have been a rough I'll 20. I'll tell you what, it's been a rough two. It's been a, <laughs> <laughs> everybody looks like this now. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody looks but like this. I fucking, nobody has aged well the last fucking admittedly, 730 days. Admittedly. But I, here's the thing. If somebody out there makes good latex masks. <laughs> yeah. All right, how tall is he? I love to see it. So she, they're still there, man. Still there, bro. Still God. there. Still. Is this out. like? Is this the uh, wacko conspiracy political equivalent of waiting for your sports team to finally win the big game? No, because when you, they're like no, bad. No, because your sports team has a chance of winning the big game. That's true. I mean, like, I don't care on a short, on a long enough timeline. Even the Cubs won the World Series. That's again. yeah, okay. You All know right. What I mean, yeah, like, on right. a long enough timeline. Well, on a long enough timeline, maybe John F. Kennedy Jr. will return. Turn from the dead. I mean, yeah. On a long enough timeline, we all return from the right. dead. <laughs> but you know, like, like the thing is, is, is there's nothing comparable to this. No. There's just nothing. I mean, no. the only thing you compare it to is Harold Camping, like someone right, who makes right. things up for a living. The only thing you compare it to is people who lie, and then they get caught in their lie. The only thing that's new about this is that people just can't stop thinking it's a lie. There's never a moment where they realize I was lied to. Yeah. There's well, never then, a realization. And there's no, there is no event which would upend that worldview, it seems. You know, yeah. it is. It, it, it's, because you believe something without evidence. Now you never need any evidence right. for anything ever again. So it doesn't and matter. And counterfactual yeah. evidence is always in the conspiracy theorist side, right? Because yeah, you right. can always spin a yarn to re-contextualize yes. and yes. re-establish a, a, a new narrative. Oh my God, is that the governor? Are you the governor? Yeah. Oh my God. Why would you sign a law telling women whether they can have an abortion or not? That makes you a douchebag. Story comes from Huffington Post. House GOP lawmaker takes credit for infrastructure funding he voted against. Well, the infrastructure bill went through, Tom. The infrastructure bill that was passed was the, like what One, they call like hard or traditional yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's, it's a trillion dollar bill yeah. and it's got some good stuff bridges roads yeah it's you know. an internet right yeah so there's some good stuff in yeah. there it doesn't have it's good enough that republican lawmakers that didn't vote for it are saying that it's good right yeah it's the second bill now with that's the social safety net bill that's yeah. still held up yeah and who knows what it's that's gonna finally look like probably not gonna make it through. i know man. i just i just wish like at this point i know because 
Things look really dismal for the Democrats coming forward. So bad. Look bad because of the redistricting and all that stuff and the gerrymandering that's yeah. happened. Like at this point, they're 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 already saying that they're gonna lose a bunch of seats, right? So they're already saying they're gonna lose a bunch of seats. I'm gonna predict right away that they're gonna try to they are gonna impeach Biden. I'm gonna predict that right away. They're gonna impeach you Biden. You think so? I think they will impeach Biden. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I bet wonder on what that. the trumped up charge will be. It doesn't I don't think Can it we matters. call him trumped up anymore? <laughs> no. I don't think I don't think it matters though. Like I think, I think it, it it'll be anything. It'll be literally anything, and they will impeach him. They're yeah. gonna impeach him, and they're gonna do it every time they have the thing. Every time they have it, every, yeah. and and they're gonna do it all the time. They're gonna they'll impeach him multiple times. You think we're just gonna impeach presidents now? Is this I think gonna be so. The new thing? I think so. And there's nothing that you can do because you, they're gonna what they're, what that all that's gonna do is gonna slow down the process because they they didn't hear it both times in the Senate. I don't know if they didn't they didn't listen to it. They 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 impeached him, but it never right. made it to the Senate to actually get any kind of deliberation. Um, and then, or maybe did it make it to the Senate, but they, they voted on one of them, I think. Yeah. I, I was just saying, I, I, it did make it to the Senate. One of them yeah, made it, but right. the other one was, they never he was even impeached heard it. in the house. Yeah. But they never heard right. it. They didn't even hear it right, one time. Right. And then I think they listened to it, but then they just said no or whatever. And it, of course, because it takes too many people, right. there's no way you're going to whittle the Democrats all the way down to 30 seats or something like that's not going to happen. No. So it's, you, you need, you would need to have. Uh, so it's you're not going to be able to physically get them out of office, but you will be able to impeach them, and they're going to do that, and then they're going to bog government down because that's in the conservatives. That's their favor. entire. That's their entire that's their, ideology. That's in their favor. So it's it's yeah. fine. So what you're going to do is you're going to see that happen over and over and over and over again. The problem is, is that if they keep doing that, they're not even going to be able to pass. Like, because Trump couldn't even get this infrastructure bill passed. Right. And and I remember, I thought, as I recall, there was people on the that that even on the Democrat side that wanted to have something. Yes. It, it, this is actually the infrastructure bill. I will say, it is an achievement. First of all, it's a big trillion dollar piece of legislature that happened. Yeah. And it was bipartisan. Yeah. In in at least in somewhat the house, in the House. You know, there I think there were thirteen. Republicans that House. voted yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it, it was also bipartisan in the Senate. Mitch McConnell voted for That's it. That's right. Yeah, you're right. So, like, it's a bipartisan piece of legislation. It, infrastructure spending that's on traditional infrastructure has been wildly popular. Yeah. And you're right. Trump tried to do it. He couldn't get it done. What's crazy, though, is that now Biden does get it done, and the Trumpists are furious that essentially many of the same things they were trying to accomplish, they couldn't do. Now those things are done and they're mad about it. Yeah. Which means this was never about doing good things for America. No, right? It was only and about I know getting credit for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about political gamesmanship. Not, look, this is a good, it was a good bill. These were good ideas when they were my ideas. They're good ideas when they're your ideas, right? So if I have a great idea and then I can't get it done, Cecil, and you get it done, it doesn't turn into a bad idea. right. right. Because I resent you for accomplishing sure, what sure, I couldn't sure. do. No. They're talking about the people who voted for the infrastructure bill. They're openly calling these people traitors. Yeah. Traitors. Yeah. That's where we're at now. Yeah, that's we're, that's the ideology of that party, though. Holy fuck, yeah. man. Yeah. I yeah. The thing is, is like, like, we're at a point now where you're gonna see, you know, when when this happens, especially if you know you can't get you know, a bunch of Democrats to to save their seats in the next turnaround. You're going to see that happen. And it's it's not going to, you're not going to see any progress in government for years to come yes. at this point. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's going to, that's going to save you is if there's just this massive flip and 
you're we're in we're in serious trouble moving forward just because there's just the, like the cards are stacked against you. So in my opinion, what needs to happen is there needs to be irreversible stuff he does in executive orders before he leaves. Get rid of all student debt before you walk out. Red pen all that shit. Get rid of it all. Because yeah. if he does that, that alleviates a ton of people that are under the thumb of this student debt that they've taken out, you know, for right. years and years and years. That changes a lot of people's lives. That may convince a ton of people to start voting and to start also just pushing for you know, those that's types true. Of, you know, there's a couple of things he can do with a pen that can really help us. And I think, you know, if he can't get it through in Congress, he should start doing what, because I remember, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted Bernie Sanders is because, you know, fucking the environment needs help right now. It can't wait. It right. can't, we can't put right. this off and we can't like try to get it to the Senate. He was going to executive order a bunch of stuff. And even if Bernie got voted out in four years, if Bernie was in there and four years worth of hard pushing to do this stuff, in some ways, when you change production lines and you do all this, it, it's sort of tradition now. Now right. it's like yeah. you've got to change back to the bad way. Why would you do that? Some some things are hard to roll back. They're hard yeah. to roll back. And so if you just do it, you can just fucking do it. And now it's done. And guess what? That's the new rule. And it's going to be the rule, that new rule for four years. And you're going to lose if you don't adapt to that new rule. And then when you try to change it back in the future, everybody be like, no, man, this is how it is. Like, yeah. I don't want to go back because that's more money I have to spend to fix it. And so you can change a lot with that pen. And I hope he does realize that it's not going to be through legislature. I don't think it's going to be. He's not. He's never going to convince the people on the other side. And we have two too tiny a margin to even get the people to talk about stuff. Infinitesimally small margin. You can't even get people to talk about stuff. So he's just got to do <clears throat> things, I think, by executive order. The chances of us losing the White House, the Senate, and the and the are massive. Are massive. So yeah. at this point, just be like, cool. Now it's now it's scorched earth for everyone's benefit. Right. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you. I I would love to see the second infrastructure bill, the social spending infrastructure bill. I'd love to see it pass, even if it's not, and it's not going to be. I'd love to see it pass, even if it's not going to be anywhere near as robust as what it should right. be, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I think, one, it's a giant win. I think there's still a lot of really good stuff in what's sure. been pared down. Yeah, Something is better than nothing. The nothing is what we've done for years and years and years and years and years and years. And I agree with your point. And I, I think if you give, if you give people, you know, things like universal pre-K, you can't roll that shit back because you've effectively now taxed people. Yeah. So if, if they've had no pre-K expense and they've been able to send their kids to pre-K and then all of a sudden somebody's like, wow, we're taking that away. You've taxed them, yeah. massively taxed they them. Will, They'll yeah. fucking flip their shit. Yeah. So we have to give them some- It's like the senior citizens with benefit. social security. Yeah, right. You know, every time anybody ever talks about taking away social security or cutting social security or privatizing social security- Yep. That largest, nope. that largest block of voters flips their shit yep. and they vote and they, nobody wants to go near it. Yep. And it's the same thing. You start doing this sort of thing with, with any, I mean, with any kind of major legislation stuff that they need to do, if they could start getting these things in there, you know, if they can executive order it, you're going to, that's suddenly going to be a big deal. I, I don't know. know if you can executive order universal pre-K. I don't know if that's I possible. don't think you can do that because I don't think you can spend the money. Yeah, it's the money stuff. But I agree with you. There are some things that he can do by executive yeah. order that he has a very narrow window. Yeah. I'd I, What my hope is, is that he's not doing that because he doesn't want to kick the hornet's nest before getting the bill passed. Yeah. Well, you know? that and, you know, maybe he's waiting for after 2022. Right. 
see how that shakes and out. See if it shakes still out. Got if, two if it years looks like, and if it looks order. like it's terrible, then he's like, great, executive right. order, executive order, executive order. But I think if you got, I think you got to do it now. I think you've got to hit people with that environmental thing now and say, we, we can't wait till tomorrow. Well, everything, you, every, it's, everything is pointing to it being absolutely a dire situation. Yep. And, you know, people are going to these, there's a, there was a big conference recently where the news that was coming out of that was so fucking just sad. depressing and sad. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's the world, man. That's the uh, world we live in now. I listened to the um, leader. I don't remember what his title was of Fiji. And he was addressing the world. And he's like, my nation is not an, like losing my nation is not an option. We are yeah. not disposable or dispensable. Yeah. And I was I was listening to them, and it's so many. Um, and again, I, I have an affinity because I thought that was a beautiful place, and I've been there. But like, there are so many nations that are low lying nations yeah. that are poor that are experiencing this terrible existential crisis. They may not exist anymore. Yeah. Places like Fiji or Martinique may not exist. That's a crazy thing to think is that entire nations could just be gone. Atlantis. Just gone. Just you gone. know? Like we can't let that happen. Yeah. We just can't. I love books. When I was growing up, books were my friends. When I didn't have friends, I had books. So for the Cogdes Book Club this week, we read chapter 16 when scientists know sin. Uh, this chapter, what I love about this book is that Carl is not afraid to turn his very critical eye against science yeah. sometimes. And in this case, it was, it's, it's one of those things that Carl was very passionate about in his life. He wrote a couple of books on this topic and it's about, it's about nuclear war and it's about, you know, the chance for our species to eradicate itself, right? right. There's a chance. Well, and, and many others. And many, you know, yeah. I mean, I am talking about us, but you're right. It's right. literally most of it. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, but, but he, you know, this is, this is a topic that he's very passionate about in his life. And what is interesting is, is that you can see how much, you know, he wants to point out, like people who make, horrible technologies are also, they also have to understand that they are making a technology that is, that, that can hurt and injure people. They have to have to understand that. And it's in contrast to another book called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman. And it's a book written by Richard Feynman. And it's about his life. It's sort of an autobiography, but it's all like, it's funny and clever little stories. And he's actually a really good writer and he's a really funny guy and he's really quirky and kind of weird. But he worked on the Manhattan Project. So he went off and went to work on the Manhattan Project. And he was one of those people who worked on that. And there's a story of him in that book of the night they found out that, you know, that, you know, the, the bomb went off. I mean, he's out with all the rest of the people drinking and partying in the parking lot, wow. banging on his drum. I and mean, he right. brought his drum out and he was drumming for them. And like, they were having like a, 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 a celebration. A celebration. Because they worked so hard on this thing for so long. And there's, you know, like at the same time, there's this feeling of, you know, there's wow. so many people dying, so many people dead. But that that exhilaration of it worked and it, you know, it, right. it, it did this thing. So, you know, this, the, the, this, this book is really, this book that we're reading now, Demon Hunter World, is really interesting because it's, it's, it's the scales of balance are coming back and saying, no, that's, that's a bad thing. And he actually talks about another scientist in this, in this portion that really wants to like make, like 
sun-sized nukes and like blow up a bunch of shit and like yeah. he, the guy he talks about is is you know it's almost like a mad scientist one thing that carl i think calls out and rightly so is that once we have we have a moral obligation to anything that we create including scientists and he talks about one of the scientists that worked on making um not just the atomic bomb but the hydrogen bomb yeah, the, yeah. you know and once he had made that and unleashed into the world the awesome and devastating power of that weapon, he then, I think, desperately was trying to find a way for it not to be an evil thing. Yeah. You know? And he had... And there are some that are more successful arguments for lack of evil than others, right? But I, there is a sense that we're all human and we do things, and then we're trying desperately to justify this thing that we have done. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that science is absolutely not anything that happens outside of people. And Carl recognizes the peopleness of it. The fact that we are all, that the science that we do, science as a process will self-correct, but the science we choose to do has to be undertaken with a morality in mind. And when we miss that, then we run into trouble. We run into scary situations. Yeah. And I think that that's worth calling out. It doesn't make science the wrong process. Yeah. But it does make us um, obligated to the moral component of things that we learn and create. It makes us recognize <clears throat> that that scientific ethics should be a thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. Where it makes us recognize that we need to temper our scientific curiosity and the things that we create with the ethics to know that what we create, we have to control. Yes. Yes. And, and, and if you don't, then you're, you're meddling with something that you're now trying to chase. And that's what this guy was doing his whole life. He's ethically trying to chase this mm -hmm. thing. Exactly. That right. he let out of a bag. Right. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta figure yeah. out a way that this is. What if isn't... we used it to dig what if canals? I, what if I blew up the whole moon? <laughs> <laughs> he really I'm did not say, even like, kidding. I'm like not what if we kidding. shoot a bomb into the moon and see what the moon's I'm made not of? Not even kidding. But yeah, so, uh, but I, what I love though is that Carl is not afraid to point out, he doesn't feel like, uh, you know, many people when they're trying to tout the benefits of something, they refuse to talk about any of the negatives. Yeah. And Carl doesn't do that. He no. doesn't he doesn't steer away from that. And I think that that's so it's such a powerful. He's such a he's such a persuasive writer that he's telling you that there's bad things too about this, but we can control them. There's bad things, but you know, like we can we can use our, you know, we we used our brains to make this. Let's use our brains to use yes. it. Yes. Yep. So next week, chapter 17 of Demon Haunted World. Remember, you can buy this book. Uh, it's a great book to have on your bookshelf. You can buy it from many of the different retailers out there. Barnes & Noble is one of the places that has it. Really great book just to have. Audible, I think you can, people can, you can get it on get Audible. Audible yep. and I don't know exactly who the author, who reads it to you. I bet they're not as good as I am. But, you can always become a patron. Yeah. Even better than spending that Audible credit. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Don't you want the baritone tones of Tom <laughs> reading you Demon Hunter? Well, I, I know say, you do. I will say a lot of people come and say you do a really good job of reading it. I haven't heard it yet, but I, I, everybody says that. I'm trying to read the physical book. Yeah, yeah. And it, the people are saying that you're doing a great job. With I'm it, enjoying so. reading. It. It's and, fun. Yeah, Tom just reads it aloud to everybody. So, um, And we post it uh, early in the week so you can read it before. You can listen to it before we actually talk about it on the show. But you should... If you want to read it, physically read this book. This book is a great, it's a well-written book and it's worth your time. 
So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, Tolkien Geek, Crazy Corgi, Christopher, Brendan, Peter, Chris B. Cream, Destiny Stepchild. I love that. That's good. Haynes, Haitian J, and the people who up their pledges, Michael, Jabbles. Is it Jabbles or Jabbies? I think it's Jabbles. Jabbles and John Spartan. You are fined one credit for violation of the verbal moralities. I don't know. What is that from? I don't know. That's from something, but it's I don't clearly, have any idea. Clearly what from. from something. Yeah, no idea. Uh, so thank you guys so much for your generous donations. We truly do appreciate it. If you guys are thinking about donating to something, go to Modest Needs. This yeah. is the last, this is, you They're got a couple awesome days. Guys. They're awesome. And this last week on our stream, we raised $5,000 on our stream really quickly. All of which was matched. Yeah, it was all matched. So, and there's still a match going on. So, you know, we, there's still plenty of money out there to be matched and that your, your dollars with double. So please go to Modest Needs. Please donate. Send your roast requests. If you do donate $50 or more to vulgarityforcharity at gmail.com. That's uh, for F-O-R uh, in the middle there. It's all one word, vulgarity for charity. And, you know, even if you don't go for $50. Let us know you spent five or $10. Yeah. It doesn't Just matter what it know. is. It doesn't matter what it is. We want to add that to the total. The more that we get and the more that we know about, the more we can give to the people at Modest Needs and say, we made this for you. Yeah. We can show them. Mm -hmm. And then they say, cool, we'll match it. Right. So email from a couple weeks ago and up till now, we want to talk, Tom, about Camp Quest, Texas. Yeah. So Kyle reached out to us from Camp Quest. Um, saying that, you know, we've mentioned them before. They're a great organization. There's Camp Quest all over the country. Um, it's a great secular organization to send your kids to um, and have a cool summer camp experience without having to, you know, deal with a religious indoctrination. You know, they're also hosting a Camp Quest for grownups. Um, it's an opportunity for grownups to go and do camp and have games and activities and <laughs> screw amazing. around. No Tom, kids. Do you want to go to Camp Quest for adults? Tom, Dude, it sounds so good. I always wanted to go to summer camp. I never went as a kid either. I never went. I never went I, as a did kid. you want to go? I always wanted to Dude, go. Dude, I always wanted to go to summer camp. I remember there was, so one of the things was, is that it cost a little money. Yeah, oh, it it's like expensive seven, as it shit. Was, well, so not Camp Quest though. No. Camp Quest is actually very reasonable. <laughs> but when, when I was a kid, the uh, the 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 summer camps cost a ton of money. But the one they did through school, they did an overnight. Oh, uh, gotcha. That was like a camp that you got to go visit. Right. And I remember as a kid, I wanted to go, and they took the whole fourth grade class except for like me and one other kid. Oh, jeez. We were the only two kids. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, oh, super sad. But in any case, Camp Cecil. Quest sounds amazing. As an adult, I want to go. Man. Like, I want to just go. And like, it sounds so great. It's not, like, summer camp sounds baller. This isn't summer, though, by the way. This is in January. It's January 14th. But where is it at? The 16th. It's in Bonham State Park. That's in Texas, I'm sure it's right? Texas. Texas is always summer. It's going to be warm. You'll yeah. be fine. Go uh, check this out. We're going to put a link on this week's show notes. There might not be electricity if um, Ted Cruz. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, you might have to. You might have to fight like a wandering Ted Cruz. <laughs> Keep him away from your garbage. Uh, we got a bunch of messages about single payer healthcare yeah. from a bunch of different people and a bunch of people wish Haley well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know I mentioned on the last, on the last show, um, we've been going through some stuff and I, I use that as a springboard to talk about uh, the healthcare system and my frustrations with it. Um, many of you have reached out and sent messages um, publicly and privately. And I just, Really want to pause here and say thank you. They they mean a lot. Um, they're really kind of you. Um, they're very generous for you to give your time and your attention to my family. Um, I, I don't know what else to say except for just it's it's very sweet and it's very kind and it's very generous of you. Um, and thank you. 
got a message. This is from Jared. And Jared said he got, uh, his brother got him hooked on Citation Needed. And then he finally worked his way over to Cogdis. And he started listening to us. He really enjoys the show. But he wanted to tell us about, uh, he's the son of a fisherman in New England. So I ate a lot of seafood growing up. Uh, he's like, I mean, spoiled bastards about bastard amounts. But my point is, Cecil, I've been trying for years to like lobster rolls. <laughs> I keep trying them. And every time I'm disappointed, so <laughs> I want to try the Connecticut one before I turn them completely down. I know I trust Tom. Tom and I, we eat a lot of food together. We yeah. have eaten a lot of food together. I trust Tom's taste buds. I would like to try one like he likes one, not like I would. Not, um, not a seafood not salad. A fucking sea, fucking seafood salad. <laughs> Motherfucker. Um, so someone sent in a message. Kyle sent a message to that. I want Cecil to do a citation needed episode on Attack on Titan in the same way that Heath did one on Atlas Shrug, where Heath didn't read the book. He just did spark notes. I should totally <laughs> spark notes. Uh, I, I did watch like the first six episodes of Attack on Titan a while did back. You? Yeah, it was a it looked creepy and weird and like like the big giants like don't have skin partially. Oh, like shit. they look weird. weird and like all Do you like anime? I never was able to get in. When anime. I was a kid, there was a couple shows that I really enjoyed. A buddy of mine turned me on to a, a, a show called Ranma One Half, which was a show where a guy was essentially a gremlin where he would, he was a boy. And then when he ever got wet, he would become a girl. Okay. And so there was like a back and forth and it was like a, it was a, it was a, a cutesy show really wet, but he was also like a karate fighter and stuff. And I remember watching it and being like interested and it was an interesting, like, cause it was so different from any other kind of kind of show I had ever seen because yeah. it's a very it, it very it very much felt like a show that wasn't from pr American producers it felt very different and so I was really into it and I thought it was fun to watch uh and then uh yeah so I watched a little bit of that and I watched Robotech growing up so like I was kind of into anime not a lot but enough and so a couple of times that things have come on on Netflix I've watched them there's a the the what's that Castlevania is that the name of it? Oh, the video game. There's a there's a pretty good. At least I watched the first season. I didn't watch the second season, but there was a the first season of Castlevania was fun. Like really anime. It's really gory and like that's like, pretty. I love those games. And like it's like, but it was fun. So yeah, there's some good stuff. I mean, I I think it's Castlevania. I don't think it. I also watched one called Vampire Hunter D a long time ago, which was fun too. When I was. Uh, maybe a year or two into college. I liked Akira. Remember Akira? I watched Akira. Yeah, I think. yeah. So yeah, I liked yeah. Akira, and I liked a couple of those other ones. They're more movies than that was. Yeah, else, that was, yeah, was, yeah, wasn't like a, a series. Somebody gave me a, a video cassette because I'm old of uh, an anime. It was L.A. Blue Girl, and I had no idea what that was, and I had no idea what anime was. I just was like, sure, oh, whatever. And I pop it in, and I was. It's the first time I'd ever seen like. Porn as uh oh it was porn it was like yeah I had like the tentacle porn oh, stuff Jesus and like Christ. it was like all weird and and I was I was not expecting yeah. it Cecil yeah I had no idea like in my like I cartoons were like whoa the Simpsons you know like yeah and all of a sudden it's just like <laughs> the fuck is going on mind. Expand the fuck your mind. is going on yeah I still remember just being like. Uh, I don't know what to think right I now. I am feeling real uncomfortable right? in uh, my pants. <laughs> what is, I just wasn't expecting it. I was just shocked. I just watched a, a uh, it's not a no reservations. I watch all of, I watched all of Anthony Bourdain's stuff, but he did one on CNN. And I think it's called parts unknown. Okay. And I watched the one on Japan 
And he goes to like all the seedy places in Japan. I mean, not really seedy, but you know, like he goes to all the places that are kind of like weird and quirky. Sure. And he goes to like a show and then he goes and he meets a guy who did, who actually the guy who sort of thought up tentacle porn. Really? And has dinner with him. And at the dinner, the guy is showing him his drawings in this crowded restaurant and people are looking and they see the stuff and nobody is reacting at all. To it's just it. like whatever. They're just like, like, because it's just, they just, they, I, I don't know. Just culturally, not it's not a thing that's like, like, yeah, but it was it's such an it was such an interesting episode because they talk about a lot of different culture stuff in Japan and they try to. I would watch. It's that. great. You got, huh. you got to check out the Anthony Bourdain shows are so. Watchable. I like No Reservation. They're, They're so watchable. Yeah, really so, good. Shows. Yeah, but but the parts unknown is on. Uh, it's on the HBO Max. Okay, so yeah, yeah good. I will definitely. They're check good. It. I love Anthony Bourdain. We got a message, and someone said. They they actually they actually preface their message with I swear I'm not explaining Attack on Titan this is relevant <laughs> and this is from Nick who said that actually a, a long email that essentially says look Attack on Titan actually does have a very deep tie to Japanese imperialism Nazism and like some really wow like like nationalistic stuff so it's not it's it's not that only that it was you know, they're, they're, they're morphing people's faces to do violent things it's also the the undertone of the whole thing is very like shocking right wing so, shocking yeah. cecil so and again i don't know how true that is or not so i just i'm i'm going off of what nick said because i only watched like the first six episodes but i will say like you know it does feel pretty nationalistic when does i watched it? it so tom he wanted to, we wanted to thank perry specifically yeah so this was just i mean this was just like an above and beyond kind of a thing it actually floored me uh a listener perry sent us um and again just referring back to to some of the struggles that my wife's been having with her health um sent us a gift card for uh, DoorDash and yeah. just was like, hey, you know, get some takeout on That's the so family nice. on me. And That's so nice. I mean, it's just like, what a sweet, sweet gesture That's and completely nice. unexpected. Very Thank nice. Thank you. I already used it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought uh, we got a message from Marshall from Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, and we just want to give him a quick shout. Um, thanks for listening, Marshall. Thank you so much for your email. I wanted to go to Melbourne. Yeah, man, I wanted, I wanted I, to go so bad to that to that place. And I also wanted to like get on the back of that person's motorcycle that rode like 500 miles. <laughs> okay, Tom, we got a message. This is from Jan and it's a quote. Uh, the quote is, scratch an anti-vax and you'll find a eugenicist. And most eugenicists are racist and or hate the poor. I, I wonder, and this is from an infectious disease doctor that Jan knows. I, when, when Tom and I were talking about this, one of the reasons, one of the things that we said was like, the average anti-vaxxer who's just sharing dumb shit and doesn't know any better, probably not. But maybe somebody who's thinking up anti-vax yeah. as the originators, the originators of the yeah. who are thinking it up and then like pushing it. Right. If they if they think it up and they know it's not real, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a good chance. Maybe. Yeah. We got a message. This is from Ian. And Ian is from the UK and he sent in an image. And the image is of oh. Cadbury drinking chocolate. And he said, give me. Uh, he said, uh, hi, I'll send one to you motherfuckers. And he's showing us this Cadbury drinking chocolate. It happens to be Neapolitan. Ugh. Here's the thing, Ian. It'll cost you like fucking $600 to ship that I over know. here. It's like, an, it's like inordinately expensive for you to send a small can overseas. It's like obscene the amount of money you have to pay. So we'll see if we can find it and we'll try it on the air. We'll give yeah, it a I shot. Yeah, I would try Neapolitan. We'll give it a shot. Uh, yeah. It'll taste horrible, I'm sure. It certainly will. Tom, this is an interesting message. This is from Pillar. 
It says, uh, at the end of the podcast, you mentioned how people make decisions. You said it's based on emotion, totally how they feel, not reasoned. Richard H. Taylor, uh, which I may be mispronouncing, won the Nobel Prize in economics for his work that said, against all economic orthodoxy, people make decisions emotionally, yet the economic community still acts like people are rational in their choices. And yeah, that is so fucking true. For Like when you read economic theory and economic like, it's all based on this idea that people respond in this hyper-rational way to incentives. Look at what the stock market does, and it's emotional. Yeah. The stock market itself just should disabuse any economist of those fucking hyper-rationalist theories. Look at what's happened. Look at what happened with the people who were too stubborn to sell the GameStop. Right. Look yeah. at how they 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 doubled down. How are they doing and, now? Yeah. Well, I don't know, actually, to be honest. I don't know where GameStop is because I know for a while they were doing pretty good. <clears throat> Um, but I don't know if that, I mean, GameStop was at one point trading for like 300 a share. Yeah. It's a 210, man. Holy shit. Really? Yeah, dude. Like they, they, like it, it did peak at, uh, you know, if we're looking at six months, it peaked at 302. Let's see if year, if there's any more, it peaked at the highest was 347. But yeah, man, it's a 200 bucks, dude. Holy it's fuck. It's 200 bucks a share. I mean, Holy like, fuck. like these people have like, there, there's been a group of people that have been trying to hold on. I mean, this like, like GameStop was a funny joke back in March. It's not yeah, anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's uh, so like like look at, and look at how stub that's stubbornness, right? Right. right. They did it because they were stubborn. They didn't do it because they were like because they because they they were rationally thinking about it. They did it because they were stubborn. Yeah. They wanted to fight against somebody, and so they they these are people who aren't doing it for a living. So they're just like, well, that was extra income. I'm just going to keep it. Then. Yep. And then other Dude, people started joining nuts. in and buying the shares and they moved the share crossed up. That's just, I, mean, I can't believe GameStop is trading at 200. It's, been, it's pretty stable from what I saw from that little year thing. It's been pretty wow. stable at like 200 for a while. Wow. So, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And then that's just, that's just, I mean, you know, that's just how we think. It's just how we, and, and, and it's always trying to stop your intuition from doing from thinking something bad. Right. Trying to be rational as often as you can. That's all you can do. So please donate to Go Vulgarity for Charity. We keep, I know we keep saying it, but we want you to please, please do it. Um, check out the stream this week. Last week we streamed on Wednesday. We have to stream again on Wednesday this or this time around because it's it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in, in the United States. So we're uh, we're going to stream on Wednesday. So come check it out. And then the following week, there'll be no stream. So it's Wednesday and then there won't be a stream. Right. And then we're hoping early in December, we're going to pick up Thursdays again. But... The following week, there won't be a stream, but next Wednesday, the, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, everybody's we'll off. Everybody's off for the evening. Come hang out with us Wednesday yeah. night, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, check it out on Twitch and uh, the other places. We had a great time this stream. Fun time. We raised $5,000. Um, so come hang out with us and we're going to be celebrating Bulgarian for Charity. And you know what? That will be your last opportunity too, to, to donate too. So if you come on, you know, you can also let us know in the chat that you donated. So. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts. 
shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak stigmata, nonsense. Expose your sides. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.